This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, we discuss how the narcissist uses cognitive empathy and your own empathy to manipulate you. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, everyone. I am Brandon Chadwick, and today we are going to be discussing empathy, and we're going to be discussing the lack of empathy, the different types of empathy. We're going to be talking about how your empathy can be used against you. We're going to give a lot of examples on this episode. But before we begin, let me just say that we're always looking for uh, submissions for our Survivor Story episodes. So please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. Click on that button. Read all of our instructions. Please send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com. Or just fill out our Submit page and press the Submit button. And please do read our instructions and send it to us in that format. It helps me out a lot. And also, uh, we can never have enough reviews, so please do leave us some really nice reviews on whatever podcast service you use. It helps out our show a lot when it comes to rankings. And if you need support, we have our own support group, which has Zoom meetings every Wednesday night, uh, Thursday afternoon, and, and Saturday night. So go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the button, there's a it says support page there. Just uh, click on the support group button and it'll take you to our very own safe social network where we, where we have those Zoom meetings. We have our own forum boards for people to uh, ask uh, questions, get them answered for support. Also on there, we have ad-free episodes and episodes that never made it to air. So please uh, join our support group if you need support. So now everyone, we'll get to uh, our episode here about empathy. And to start off, let's just define what empathy is. So empathy is the ability to recognize, understand, and share the thoughts and feelings of another person. Developing empathy is crucial for establishing relationships and behaving compassionately. It involves experiencing another person's point of view rather than just one one's own and it enables pro-social or helping behaviors that come from with come from within rather than being forced. So 
Psychologist Daniel Goleman and Paul Ekman have identified three components of empathy, which are cognitive, emotional, and compassionate. And together they're used to build stronger relationships and trust. So cognitive empathy is taking someone's perspective, imagining what it's like to be in someone else's shoes and understanding someone's feelings. Emotional empathy is sharing an emotional experience, feeling distress in response to someone's pain, experiencing uh, physical sensations uh, as well sometimes when someone's having, uh, you know, even a happy joy, uh, sadness, that you're able to uh, physically feel those sensations inside your body. And then there is compassionate empathy. And compassionate empathy is just a combination of emotional empathy and cognitive empathy. So this is an empathy where you're able to do both of these things at the same time, where you're able to understand someone's predicament and you're able to understand their perspective, and then you're also able to feel along with them. And I think this is everyone's goal uh, when uh, having empathy is to combine uh, emotional empathy and cognitive empathy. And then when you have both of those together, you're able to uh, move to help someone if they if they need help. So compassionate Empathy is just like the original definition of empathy that we started with at the beginning of the show. It's just that uh, these two psychologists believe that compassionate uh, empathy has two different aspects that go into it. And that better explains uh, for our purposes today when it comes to a narcissist uh, that they actually do have a form of em- empathy uh, when they want to use it. And that is the cognitive uh, form of empathy. And this is where things are going to get a little bit tricky because we're about to talk about a narcissistic personality disorder. Uh, uh, they in, in the criteria of, of having NPD, it says that someone lacks empathy. So it's tough to discern if your partner has a lack of empathy because a person with NPD will have cognitive empathy, except that cognitive empathy is a used to manipulate you. So there is an empathy there. It's just used for a different purpose. So I'll explain this first. And then I'll get into how we can look for signs of a lack of empathy outside the cognitive empathy. So you might initially be experiencing uh, this cognitive empathy uh, going on where you might be feeling seen in, in so many different ways. And you might actually think that this person that you're dealing with has uh, empathy. So we're going to try and come up with um, ways for you to discern that because narcissists don't lack empathy in the way that we really typically believe they lack compassion, remorse, regret. But in the reality, what they're doing with cognitive empathy is they're using to using it to get to the root of your hopes and your wishes regarding how you want to be treated. And then later turning around and using these things as a way to destroy you, hurt you whatever word you want to use there as, as a synonym to destroy or hurt. But I think all of you know uh, what I'm talking about because that's how um, they get in the door in the first place and most likely create an addiction within you. So narcissists are interpreting emotions like love, openness, kindness, 
generosity, etc. But they're doing it for uh, different reasons. So now I'm going to share this little excerpt that I got off of Quora, and it's from Eleanor Greenberg, who's one of the most foremost experts in um, NPD. So she says that she has a client named uh, Bob who has narcissistic personality disorder, and he made a point of becoming friends with whomever could help his career. So there was this motivation here for this person. They needed something from this person, you know, uh, whether it be career advancement or for people who are listening, uh, the supply that they need, they need something. So this is what Bob shared with Eleanor Greenberg, uh, and it's five things. Uh, He said that I pay attention to cues about what the person values. Two, they fake convincing uh, an interest in what that person values. Three, they act like they really like them. Four, they accept all invitations for them to go out for drinks or attending a barbecue at their home. And five, they occasionally bought them a thoughtful gift. And this is, he said that he knew, Bob knew that his boss was a family man and that he figured out that with the frame photos uh, of his family on his desk, that he was able to strike up a conversation to say something nice about the pictures about how many children he had, and you know he learned so many things about the, his whole entire family, congratulated him on so many different things, and every so often Bob would go um, ask how his kids were, uh, things along those lines, and even ask to see pictures and then say how cute they were. And eventually, Bob got the promotion that he desired. He got uh, preferential treatment, and he got raises. And this is just how someone who had MPD used cognitive empathy here to understand the values of someone and how to feed into them. He observed everything and really uh, got his way in there, manipulated the situation, and got what he wanted. Bob used cognitive empathy in the situation. He uh, stepped into his boss's shoes. He understood um, how he felt about his family uh, and how he felt about situations, and he and he realized what was most important. So, him being able to step into this cognitive um, empathy and really understand what was most relevant or what his boss valued the most gave him the understanding of what questions to ask and and, and what to pay attention to. So. Uh, his boss felt that he was seen and he was heard and he was understood by Bob, which made him uh, like Bob a a lot more. And uh, Bob used uh, cognitive empathy here to uh, really uh, get what he wanted. So as you can see there, it's really tough to see if you're in your loving relationship, what you think is a loving relationship at the beginning of your relationship, that it's not easy to discern what is empathy and, 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 and what is an empathy because the person that you're dealing with, as we know, there's the stage where they are 
uh, hunting for information. They're observing you. They're understanding your values, your needs, your wants, and they'll mirror that back to you. They'll show you that they, they've been listening, that they understand these things. And that is a form of cognitive empathy, but it's being done in a way which will be able to manipulate you for their purposes later, and they'll be able to get what they want. And you know, the lack of empathy might not show up until later in the relationship while you're already addicted. And we'll talk about some of those signs of, of lack of empathy. But first, we'll start off with the signs that maybe you can help discern uh, that they might have a lack of empathy while you're in this love bombing uh, stage. So the first one on our list is that they are highly critical of others. So even if they're not being critical of you at this point early on in the relationship, are these people being, whoever you're dealing with, being critical of other people? Are they picking people apart? Are they criticizing their flaws, criticizing every little thing about other people? That could be a sign of of a lack of empathy and it's something to uh, really be um, observant about if this is how they are acting and just that they are very critical uh, of things, everything, not just maybe people, but of just critical of just a lot of stuff being negative in, in, in many, many ways. So really uh, keep note of that if that is what's going on. This sign alone isn't one sign that they do lack empathy, but try to look at this whole list as a whole. And number two on this list is, do you notice that they can't be happy for people early on in your relationship? So, and not for you. So they might be start being happy for you, but are they jealous of other people? Are they envious of other people? Are you noticing these little tiny things where they are having these issues? And this could be like they're very good friends or what they say are their very good friends. Uh, are they downplaying their friends' achievements or other people's achievements? Are they dismissive of other people's achievements? Are they dismissive of other people's feelings? So they might not be doing those things to you, but be observant if they're doing it to other people And that as well, mark that down on your checklist as a sign of a possible lack of empathy. Number three on our list is, is the person that you're dealing with, do they have trouble maintaining relationships? Do they have any close relationships? Uh, Are they they exhibiting behaviors where they might be a little bit uh, arrogant or don't understand someone else to the point that they drive uh, someone else away, their friends away, their family away? Um, Are they doing this at, at work? Do they have any friends at work? Are they always having conflict at work? Pay attention to these things and how they discuss people, even in their working relationships, as far as maintaining uh, proper relationships with all aspects of uh, all people in their life and not just you. Number four, this one's going to be short and sweet. Are they inconsiderate to those who they don't need things from? I'm sure I could have worded that a lot better than I did right there, but how do they treat servers? How do they treat homeless people? How do they treat regular people on the street? 
you know, pay attention to all of these things. Uh, are, are they treating people with kindness and respect outside of you and even outside of their friends and family as well? Because maybe they are treating their friends and family well, but they're trying to keep up this facade and maybe they have to get into regular um, public situations with people they don't know for these things to start showing themselves. So pay attention to that as well to see if there might be a lack of empathy going on. And another one that can happen here you know, early on in the relationship to try and discern from things before we get to the relationship stuff is overreactions. So are there angry outbursts at tiny things? Do they have trouble regulating their emotions, especially negative ones? Are they taking little situations where they think that they might be slighted at all and turning it into this really big situation? Uh, You know, that could be a sign of like a narcissistic injury going on there. Uh, are they able to let things go? Because empathetic people are usually able to, to let things go. So are they able to let things go? So when they are in these angered states or these overreaction states, try and notice these things. Like, is this an overreaction? Are they having a narcissistic injury type here? Does this outburst really uh, fit what is going on? And are they able to let things uh, go? So really keep uh, pay attention to that. Uh, as well and mark it on your ch- a checklist as um, something to look out for if it's a possibility they might have a lack of empathy. So now let's get into the ones that are easier to spot because these will happen further into your relationship. And these are things like your feelings are being invalidated. So this is a really obvious sign of a lack of empathy within the relationship that you might be expressing your feelings and you're told that you're being too sensitive, don't overreact, you know, because people who don't have empathy are not ready to look into the feelings of other people. And it's why they're not the greatest partners in the world, narcissists, because they're not really looking into how you're feeling. They only want you to know uh, how they're feeling. So number one on our list is feelings uh, of being invalidated. Your feelings are being invalidated. Number two is you are subjected to constant criticism uh, when there's a lack of empathy in relationships. So you're just constantly being criticized. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Sometimes they're criticizing you for mistakes that you uh, actually made and they'll never let them go and and they'll keep it going throughout your whole entire relationship. And so they might be doing a lot of things that where they're making mistakes and they're screwing up and they might use that one mistake you made to always hold over your head, to always criticize you, always hark back on that to make you believe that you're the one that's always in the wrong. And then they might criticize you the things that actually don't exist and they're gaslighting you and they're using projection and we'll uh, discuss projection uh, pretty soon because uh, there's a part of uh, what we're talking about with the lack of empathy or empathy today that involves projection as well. So another one on our list is a lack of appreciation. And this one is, you know, not appreciating what you bring to the table. There's no appreciation for your sacrifices or your efforts. And it makes you feel that you are inadequate in a, in a lot of ways. And like nothing you ever do is 
good enough for them. There's always going to be something wrong. Uh, every more effort that you make for them is never appreciated, and it's kind of like a moving goalpost that eventually could happen. And there's just a real lack of appreciation of, of everything that you're doing. Another one on our list is a lack of accountability could be a big sign of a lack of empathy. And that's just taking responsibility for uh, anything in your relationship. And accountability must be in uh, conflict resolution, it, uh, healthy communication. Um, you know, it's not possible to have a good relationship if your partner is in denial about their own mistakes and refusing to apologize. Uh, and then maybe they might invalidate um like whatever complaint that you have at the same time, there's just, there, there's the invalidation going on. So there, there's uh, any sort of lack of accountability, responsibility for taking part of uh, something that they have done in the relationship. Uh, there's no apology going on. It just shows that they are unable to step into your shoes and see another perspective, uh, that they're still just caught into their own world, so they're not taking accountability. Uh, there's no uh, 50-50 here in this way. They're staying on their side, and they're not trying to see things or feel things from uh, someone else's perspective. And uh, that goes for this uh, lack of accountability. And at the same time, this also goes for the, the lack of appreciation that we just mentioned as well. So now that we know what to look for to try to find a lack of empathy, earlier we mentioned that a someone with narcissistic personality disorder will use cognitive empathy to uh, get what they want and to manipulate you. That's their version of empathy. And uh, the first way that they do that is when we're really talking about the vulnerable narcissist, the covert narcissist, the one that is the victim player. And right off the bat, they are using your empathy uh, against you. So they've already um, really done their homework. They understand that you're an empathetic person and that you will... Uh, feel empathy toward uh, their situation. You'll get drawn in more into uh, their life, and that will become an excuse for them to get away with things, to get what they want, uh, creating this uh, empathy. But then it's also creating uh, a form of uh, eventually like a guilt and a codependency will eventually kind of be brought into play. But they're really at, at the beginning uh, of of the situation, playing upon your empathy to their uh, situation, and that's how they are initially draw you in. So early on in relationships, after the love bombing phase has taken hold, there's really this testing of boundaries phase, and empathy can come uh, come into into play here uh, with a specific type of uh, abuse tactic that or manipulation tactic that might happen. And that tactic would be, um, let's say you and your partner are getting into some sort of conflict and uh, a rage happens and they really, 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 really just lose it. The, the reactions 
um, really over the top. Who knows? They might have even whacked a wall or something and made even a hole in the wall. We've heard so many stories like that. But there's there's rage that's that's going on. You know, after that, you know, you might look to for excuses of, of what happened or like you're trying to understand what happened. And and they say, like, you know what, I'm going through this at work or I was raised this way. I was abused and, and, and this is just part of my uh, trauma and this is how I react to things and it's not my fault. Or, you know, maybe they they use the excuse of a stress of like a, a family member is dying of cancer or they've been stressed out in all these other ways. So they're using this real victim mentality of a woe is me or something's gone on to take the um, situation that has happened where you're feeling scared and you're feeling um, afraid or you're feeling confused or you're feeling hurt. And they've been able to turn it around about their victimhood. And when they turned around to that victimhood early on right there, uh, all of a sudden you're using your your cognitive empathy and your emotional empathy and your compassionate empathy combined. And you start thinking about what they're actually going through and you're able to excuse it away. You can say, oh yeah, that is really what happened. And your empathy is taken hold. And all of a sudden they've been able to test the waters to see what they could get away with. And early on in the relationship, there are these little tests like that that are going on to see what they can do and get away with. And as, as it goes along, they start doing it more and more and more uh, until they start to be able to be brazen about it. But really early on, here's a way, an early quick test uh, to see uh, how far your empathy uh, can reach into their situation, have it concentrate on them, and that everything can be smoothed over uh, and they can get away with things. So then another way that your empathy can be used against you where uh, it's done in a way where a narcissist can project uh, what is going on and then your self-awareness might take over and empathy kind of gets involved in this process as well. So for people that don't know what projection is, narcissistic projection is a behavior that manifests itself when someone with a narcissistic personality projects a trait or behavior onto another person. So an example of that is the narcissist saying, seems you haven't been doing much lately around the house. What's up with that? Meanwhile, the narcissist hasn't helped with any household chores in weeks, months, hasn't picked up any of the slack going on in the house. So they're projecting what they're actually not doing onto you when you are actually uh, doing it. And projection is also a form of uh, gaslighting as well. So another form of projection can be when you tell the narcissist um, something that they said was hurtful. And they might reply, I can't believe you'd say say something like that to me right now. Do you ever think about my feelings? And this projection is you are actually um, telling them what was going on, what was hurtful to them. They're actually invalidating that. And then they're projecting that, do you ever think about my feelings? And the reality of the situation is um, you're always... Um, thinking about their feelings and they are always thinking about their feelings as well and not your feelings. So they're projecting, um, saying, do you ever think about my feelings? Because they never think about yours. 
So a third example and the best example for victim playing when it comes to projection is let's say you are tired or someone is tired and you know, you've worked hard and one day you wanted to have some self care and instead of cleaning the house or something like that, that you would normally do because the other partner isn't doing it either. Uh, they, cause they're neglecting everything. Uh, you go and let's say you get a massage that day. And when you get home, your partner is there and the place is a little bit dirty. And the narcissist, your partner says, I can't believe this place is so dirty. You're so disrespectful. You're selfish. And I don't think that you care about me at all. And right there, this is a projection. You know, they could have cleaned the place. They could have put in some work anywhere in the house. They're expecting you to take care of all these things. Uh, they're the one that is selfish. They are the one that is disrespectful. And they're the one that's actually not caring about you. But they've made themselves the victim in this situation. So even though you went and did something with self-care for the both of you, in a sense, to, so you could relax and, and, and take some time for yourself because you've been overworked, they're now making this into this victim situation. They're projecting their own stuff onto you because they're not helping at all. And now it's put you into the situation where you are feeling the empathy um, for them because all of a sudden um, you're thinking that, oh, what did I do wrong? Because now you have this kernel of truth. The place is messy. Uh, there could be blame here for you not caring about them, you not taking uh, care of the place um, is their excuse of saying that you don't care about them. And all of a sudden you get into this uh, empathy. You start thinking about uh, their feelings, start feeling the feelings that their feelings, and then it became about them. And and this is can start happening uh, down the road in the relationship after the testing of boundaries has happened, but it could take place early on, as I said before. Uh, but this is one of those things where now these things are being created out of nowhere. Um and these situations are just crazy making as they start happening over time because you know the truth of the situation, but now at the same time, your empathy is helping you caretake the victim playing uh, of someone else and caretaking their feelings. And it's just an other sign of uh, disrespect and uh, devaluation of who you are. So this is where things for someone who has empathy gets gets them into trouble and how this projection upon you causes uh, a problem um, and how they're using your empathy against you is that when you start reeling under this attack, under this projection, you immediately start to self-reflect. And when you start to self-reflect, uh, what's going on in, in this uh, situation is you're also starting to see things from the perspective of the person who is projecting against you, of that narcissistic person. So you're starting to see things through their distorted viewpoint. So, you know, if they're able to get you to see things through this distorted viewpoint of the way that they're seeing things through their skewed lens, 
This is how you can be manipulated into believing that things might be your fault. In in many ways, this is it's it's crazy making, but at the same time, um, when this originally starts happening, before you get way down the road where you realize, like I've gone kind of crazy here, um, you when they are doing these projections, you are actually trying to see things from their viewpoint. You are trying to act act as this rational person, and then you start to empathize with their viewpoint because that's what you do. And once you start doing that, you might actually start seeing things from that skewed lens and be empathetic towards things that don't make sense uh, at all. So for our next and last example for this of how someone can take your empathy or a narcissist can take your empathy and use it to their advantage and to exploit it and manipulate it to get what they want or to get out of accountability as, as well. In this case, let's use an example here of two people. We'll call them Claire and Rich. And let's say Claire discovers that uh, Rich has been accumulating debt and she gets this credit card statement and can't believe what she sees. It's a huge, huge, huge uh, debt balance. And uh, she's really upset. So she calls her partner and says, hey, uh, you know, what's going on here? There's all this debt going on. I need this to explain to me. Um, We don't have this money and you're spending uh, like there's no tomorrow. Uh, You know, explain this to me. And instead of actually answering this question, this is when someone like uh, Rich will use empathy and victim playing. So they, they go into this victim mode immediately, which then will play on your empathy and will, it will switch the balance of things. So in this case, Rich might start crying or portraying himself as being like distraught and upset to the point where it really pulls on uh, Claire's heartstrings. And then Rich might say that he feels invisible in the relationship, that he doesn't feel seen in the relationship, that he's not being taken care of like he wants to in the relationship. So he starts to play this victim here. And that Rich might say, because of that, I I had this coping mechanism of I needed to spend and I spent and I spent and I spent. And that was because I felt alone and you made me feel alone. All of a sudden, he's a victim here and Claire is the bad guy and has now activated Claire's empathy So she is in this caretaking role and trying to see things through Rich's view and his skewed lens. So when Rich gets home, uh, Claire will try to uh, address these things again. And again, this will escalate things because Rich does not want to be um, talking about the situation. He thought it might have been over, but it's not over. And so it escalates. So Rich might yell. He might scream. He might say to Claire, this is your fault. You make me feel small. You make me feel unseen, unheard, Uh, things like that. You know, it's a giant temper tantrum that's going on. There might be a lot of rage involved. And, you know, Rich might yell out to Claire saying like, you are a terrible person. And something like that might be said where now... The, vic- the real victim in this situation, Claire, might be internalizing everything and saying to her, their, themselves, am I a bad person? 
am I a terrible person? Am I emotionally neglecting Rich? So all of a sudden, really, Rich here is is now the victim. Claire has now put herself into this role where she's a, a villain, but she also has this empathy where she is trying to see things through Rich's lens and his situation. And she's now feeling what he's feeling as well. So at this point, Claire's might be like really baffled, but she's trying to really think this through. And she might be thinking that she's self-absorbed. She might be start, start thinking like, oh, do you know what? Here are some instances where I might be hanging out with uh, my friends too much. Uh, things like that. So she eventually decides that this is her fault. She's gone through this, you know, questioning period, seeing things through Rich's perspective, and then actually takes responsibility for something she's not responsible for, and then apologizes to Rich and takes the blame for everything. So here's a situation where it was, it's done perfectly, you know, um, Rich was able, Rich, who's the narcissist in this situation, was able to shift the blame in the relationship by playing the victim. And once Rich played the victim, Claire had empathy, started to try and see things through Rich, Rich's perspective. And by doing so, um, what happens is she is able to see this, see it through the skewed lens and not in let's say making excuses, but seeing things from a very skewed perspective to eventually take accountability for something that she didn't do. And empathy was a big part of that. And that's what Rich, the narcissist in this situation, is relying upon. And that's why they like to switch to the victim mode. Because when you're in victim mode, uh, that makes the other person activate empathy. And when you activate empathy, it takes the perspective off of you and puts you into someone else's shoes. And then whatever was done to actually hurt you is not on the table anymore. We're only talking now about the other person's hurt. And that is where the narcissist wants it. They either want the blame to be on you or the view of, or the shift to be on their pain and their hurt. And once you can, once they can get you into thinking about their pain and their hurt, that's how empathy really can be used against you. And I know I repeated myself a lot there and I apologize for that, but I just wanted to hammer all that home. And um, I think that's it for our episode here on empathy. As far as, you know, what is empathy, the different types of empathy, uh, how you can kind of discern what is going on uh, to figure out what is a lack of empathy, how is cognitive empathy used to manipulate you, and then the the different types of ways that your own empathy can be uh, used against you by someone, by, by a narcissist. And that's it. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to be a guest on our Survivor Story episodes, please do go visit our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our very own Guest Form page with all of these instructions. Please read all of the instructions and then send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our Submit Form and press the Submit button. And then if you need support, uh, a, we have friends at domesticshelters.org. 
So if you or your loved ones really need uh, articles and resources to help you understand, uh, to make sense of the abuse that you're going through, please do go to domesticshelters.org. They have domestic abuse agencies, uh, phone numbers and websites, as well as shelters as well. It's an excellent free resource. So please do go visit our friends at domesticshelters.org. And that is it for today. So... I um, hope you really enjoyed our episode about empathy, all things empathy today, and I hope you have a good night.